I am unashamed. What about you? So yesterday I was coming, driving back from the southern, my southern lair, which actually is the name of my house now. It started out as a joke for the podcast, but now Tony has painted me a sign, or Lisa, a sign that says southern lair, which is going to hang on my house down there, which is kind of funny. But I had to stop by on my way home uh, at Billy's Bacon, who's my, Billy is the guy from Yazoo City, Mississippi, that makes some of the best smoked bacon in the world. So I had to stop by and buy my 10 pounds of bacon because I got all my people here, Chad, you know, our nurse practitioner, others who love the bacon. So I feel like yeah. I'm part of a bacon cartel now. Well, I, I pay people instance, in bacon. For instance, if you're just going to have green beans out of the can, not even fresh ones, but yeah. if you got fresh ones, it's better. But you get them out of the can, green beans, take them, drain the water off of them. What you do is before you put the, the, the green beans in a, in a skillet, to warm them up, just take some of that bacon, mm-hmm. three or four slices of that bacon, cut it in pieces about like that, yep. put it over in there, stir it around a little bit, and about the time it's turning brown, put your beans in, mm-hmm. your green beans, and then turn your fire down low, put a lid on this, let them steam there a little bit. With that bacon, it really helps green oh, beans. Oh, it's amazing. You're right. It, anything got, they go in, you know, I got makes news it for you. I do that. With everything. <laughs> well, I was just giving them, I was offering them a possibility and so let them branch on out from there. Me, I'm going to give you, I hadn't me, given you, I need to give you a pound me, of this bacon. Let me reveal. Dad's got some. From earlier episodes. A couple of slices. Yep. Let me reveal a conspiracy theory from earlier episodes. We had the great cheese caper that you told us about and I found. Com- the found cheese com- heist. The cheese heist. <laughs> well, listen to this. I Which can't. by the by the I, way, by the way, let me just say something about that. So we get over there, Dad. After the podcast, we go to his house, and he's t- saying the same thing to Dan and Mom that he did on the podcast. And Dad said, "Oh, the cheese is up in the refrigerator. I've already brought well, it." This is weird. Yeah, what I'm fixed to do. I was didn't just know. wondering. I Hold saw no, I saw a whole back car loaded with two big boxes of cheese. They said this was a gift. There from, was cheese from there. Wisconsin. These well, people in Wisconsin, uh, for you folks in Wisconsin, with that cheese, you wouldn't have believed what happened. It was like ravaging wood. They they attacked that cheese. Well, I, I got some. home. I said, "Where's the cheese?" I have somebody some. said, "Well, it didn't fridge. get it." I have some fridge. further developments. Uh-oh. So I come home yesterday. <clears throat> I open my refrigerator, and there's cheese everywhere. I think it had to be part of this stash. Somebody <laughs> brought me some cheese, and I think it was your I've been, cheese. I've been looking for that somebody ever since the cheese arrived because it went everywhere but to me. Well, and I'm thinking, well, where's well, the it's, cheese? It's, look, in the, it's in the country. They're, they're in small blocks, and each one of them like is Colby, aged Colby. Well, oh, one of them no. said bacon and cheddar. Yep. Is Damn. this from your supply? Yeah, and one of them had onion chives. Yes, yes, that's where it came from. <laughs> Did I, you give now, me that cheese? Being a generous person, I am generous. I, I don't care what anybody says. It probably when it comes came from to cheese. Anna. I thought, well, if it goes to all the family members, at least uh, they'll enjoy. I it. I think so. since it wound up at Anna's house, she's been doling it out to well, you look, and to Willie. But this is more cheese than I could eat in two years. Well, and Dad said it was a hundred pounds. Do you say a hundred pounds of cheese? At least. <laughs> So I just figured, I said, the one the people gave it to me, I said, well, maybe they thought, no, they gave it to we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's made its way through the neighborhood. Dad. But so I tried, I made me some fresh egg 
you know, because I get yeah. we got eggs everywhere now. That they've gone completely organic in quotation marks. And so I I got all these eggs. So I put every kind of cheese that they brought me on a different sliver of egg, <laughs> and I tried them all. I, mean, I would say it was at least twenty different types of cheese. Wow. But boy, when I saw that bacon. I thought, no, no, this is an idea. Yeah, I've been seeing the bacon. Let's put the yeah. bacon in some cheddar. Mm. Oh, it was awesome. It was good, huh? Yeah, had it kind of a smoky flavor yep, yep. to it. It was I probably smoked a, cheddar. I, we had a big crawfish ball, and the ones that were left that we didn't get to to eat, it was a like an ice chest three-quarters full of crawfish. Right out of the Chafalaya Basin, which is where this river goes, we're a little bit longer in the season. so. Well, we when started, did this happen? That was... Three, two, two or three days. I ago. never heard anything about it. Me either. No. So they had a big fest, a little little crow fest. So we're eating them, but we we had some left. Were we they took, big ones? Oh, yeah, big size. I mean, they were they were great. But uh, John got a John, our nephew there. Oh, Gimber. Well, next a, time got a great cook have... on them, and we, so we took the what we had left, we peeled them, put them in a bowl, and we had. Uh, our gratin yep. with cheese, yep. crawfish tails with, with the, cheese, with the Wisconsin and, a, cheese. and a white sauce. Yep. And we had the cheese in there with them, you know, oh, and the yeah. sauce. Oh, yeah. But uh, you talk about good. Mm. Woo. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing. <laughs> crawfish nestled down in that in that good cheese. Cheesy from Wisconsin. white sauce. Oh. I mean, I would have got in Wisconsinites, they're not the greatest duck callers in the world. <laughs> they're, they're working on it. But as far as cheese making, whoever said, make sure you get them recipes before we go from Europe over there to the States. To that, to that wilderness. Make sure you got them recipes, that cheese. So wherever they ended up up there in Wisconsin, somebody broke out that recipe and said, "Okay, we brought the the old ways to the to the new." But way. so I, I guess somebody's going to have to let us know from Wisconsin because I don't know if this new thing Jason was mentioning because I've been noticing it too. I've been buying cheese even at the store about putting a lot of stuff in the cheese, like because in the old days you just had basically. Yeah. You know, yellow cheese or white cheese. You oh, didn't I have know. any choice. I know. But now they've got all these things they're putting in there with yeah, you're it. You're talking I mean, about duck calling. Thank look. God for Wisconsin cheese is all <laughs> I got to say. Uh, I taught, I'm teaching. You know, I have the two little dogs that you say aren't worth a whole lot. The little lap dogs, Hazel and Buddy. By the way, I eat cheese, I would say, daily. <laughs> Yeah. So somebody said, well, I tell you what, you know, you eat too much cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to happen. <clears throat> Look, 75 years old, no pain, no no inflammation, no nothing. You say, well, maybe we ought to little, eat a little cheese every day. I'm just saying. Well, at some point, it's you're going to have to balance with some bran. <laughs> so I, I'm teaching my dog to blow a duck call or sound like sound like a duck. Your dog? Yeah, this little dog. You know how you have, we have our retrievers. Well, I have a dog that wants to participate in the calling. Because the first time I blew a duck call, that this dog perked up, you know, the other one. So if I share, I filmed this. Can we share this Josh. on the, can we share this for, for our podcast? So I'll let y'all watch it and then we'll play it yeah, as y'all watching it. And so then y'all can, so let me turn it like this. I think you can see it there. Let me see if this works. Hey, all right. I'm teaching Butters how to blow a duck call. Thought you'd get a kick out of it. You ready, buddies? All right, Butters, you ready? 
<laughs> Did you notice the cadence <laughs> of the bark? Yeah. I didn't really oh, yeah, pick that yeah, up. But yeah. he was, he I was, mean, he sits he there. He, he lets me go. He lets me do my thing. There's hope for that sucker. And then he'll, <laughs> he does a quack, <laughs> and then he'll, <laughs> I said that it's to my world. daughters and my wife last night. It's the world's first duck calling dog. I mean, what I, is that dog? A chihuahua? What is he? You know what? You got me. It's little. Yeah. And that's think, the one that belonged. Kind of this Yorkie. is the one that belonged to Missy's grandmother who passed away, right? So yeah. y'all inherited and, the dog. And as a in jest, she she left it to Missy, who doesn't <laughs> do pets. <laughs> <laughs> I, when that when I was informed of that, I thought, yes, that is funny. <laughs> but and, but she's the dog was gonna live in Austin, yeah. But the dog Missy called me one night. And she's like, "We're at it's me or the dog." <laughs> so when you next time you come, take that dog with you because I can't help. <laughs> So, me and the dog had. Can you tell Jason? Either get rid of the dog or have a divorce. Dad, can you tell Jason spent a lot of time alone now at home? This is a, <laughs> oh man, this <laughs> is what he's come up with to to amuse yeah. himself. He's teaching his dog how to. Yeah, <laughs> I thought, to my knowledge, I don't know of another duck call emulating dog, and it does. He, he does the same thing every time. He lets me get started. He he jumps up on the top side. You notice the other dog, Hazel, she's like, no, nah, I'm too old and fat for that. She doesn't do anything. She just sits. We had one down there, Jason. Remember if we put the Arkansas highball on him very high-pitched and it kept it long enough? We had one. That, yeah, he started howling. <laughs> he, he was howling. Because it was hitting his he, hearing level. He was howling at the moon. <laughs> well, so these thought, well, two dogs do that, too. We'll, we'll go through the howl, but that's more. Just I have a, seen people that do a pretty good with their voice one year we were doing a duck commander day we used to do those at the church it was always a big outreach day everybody'd wear camo everybody got excited about it and usually one of us or all of us would speak and i remember one year we were doing it and i was that's back when i was preaching regular and somebody said you know there's a girl here that i mean she sounds just like a mallard duck with her mouth and so i was like huh so i get up there and i'm like welcome everybody i said hey somebody tell me there's a girl here well she pops up she's back in the back of the auditorium I said, cut out on it. Let's hear what you got. And she's like, I mean, like with her mouth, she sounded like she was really good. And I was like, man, you can do anything. I've seen several individuals, one from Florida, called me up one day and said, hey, hey, listen to this. I don't need a duck call. I said, really? He said, yeah, I I didn't sound like a duck with my voice. I said, crank down on it. (laughs) So he did it over the phone. And came to see me later on, and I said, "Man, you've got quite the skill set. He could sound just like one." And yeah. there are some individuals if out that, there. That if everybody like could that. do that, we'd have never had a business. Well, you remember business. the guy? You remember the guy who sounded perfectly like a duck with his mouth? Yeah. yeah. You remember the guy? Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. He he started off doing Donald Duck impersonation, yeah. but it led to he trained his voice. He doesn't need a duck. He's bad for business. Yeah, raspy. He, he may just, get back in touch with us after this little episode, but I mean, <laughs> he may. The bar could I, sound like he a duck. Actually, so you remember a, who was a message during duck duck season? Yeah. He somehow got my number, and he was like, "You remember me?" Of course, 
but he's like, I'm the guy who sounds like a duck without a duck call. And I was like, Oh, I remember you. <laughs> was remember it that. was it Johnny Wink that could do the uh, goose? With yeah, he does. Mouth? He yep. does the geese. And it is so funny because the way he does his mouth, his teeth, like he, it's almost frightening to watch it. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, oh no, Al, it is frightening. <laughs> I mean, he's Phil characterized him the best I've ever heard as saying he's he's a bit high strong. <laughs> I mean that guy, Johnny Wink. A lot, a lot of us hunt, and a lot of us enjoy it. We have passion, but he's he's, he's another insane. Level. Yeah. I mean, it's like I've gone with him a couple. But of he's times a true duck hunter. Oh, he is hardcore and, and goose hunter. hunter. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. can sound like a goose, but it's so funny. <laughs> I just laugh. Whatever you're gaining by his call, your buddies are laughing so <laughs> hard because he just gets a crazed look in <laughs> his eyes, and it's so loud. He's into it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, the way he does his mouth, it's just like, it's, you don't think it's humanly possible for your jaw to get in that position, and yet he doesn't. Yeah. Let, let's take a break, and then I know Dad's got something for us. So uh, one of our sponsors that we've had for a pretty good while that's one of my favorites is uh, Omega XL. And the reason why is because these guys have come up with uh, an amazing product that basically deals with inflammation and pain. And I mean, I've been taking it now for almost a year, I guess. And it's amazing. I, I don't take ibuprofen anymore. And I, I was taking it daily just for aches and back hurt and all that kind of thing. So it's really knocked it out for me. Uh, Dad takes it as well. It's the only thing you take, really. I have no, not any, zero, nilch, none. What do you call it? Aches inflammation. Inflammation. Aches, no aches. Right, which is really good. So uh, it comes from uh, mussels that they grow in New Zealand, which is pretty amazing. Uh, they got over 35 years of science that goes into it. So you want to check these guys out if you got some aches and pains. Here's how you get started. You go to OmegaXL.com. You buy one bottle, you get the second bottle free. So it gives you a couple of months supply. That's OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Got something for Jace. Uh-huh. So we've heard him expound on this repeatedly. So I thought, I wonder if the scriptures have anything to say <clears throat> so is this about up? guys who goes or go around Looking for treasure, oh, treasure. Oh, I like this. So what? I've you probably read most of these. My son, which you are, uh, this is <laughs> under under the heading of the moral benefits of wisdom. Here's wisdom, Jace. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, <clears throat> and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, they will then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Look for the moral wisdom as if you were looking for buried treasure. So when Jace does his treasure, looking for treasure, it's pretty good to make that next step forward and say, you know what? I wonder why he would say moral wisdom is, Hmm. look, it's hard to find. It's what he's saying. 
So you need to put this in your heart. And we went, we talked <laughs> the like, whole podcast, the whole podcast <laughs> in like four minutes left. Yeah. Phil said, I found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you well, and I have been talking the whole time. Dad never said a word because he was trying to find that. Part. I went uh, <laughs> this past weekend and asked, and now Phil, you'll, you're, you're going to love this story while you're looking. Okay. So the farmer who owns the land where we have our bed and breakfast and mm-hmm. at Logtown, you know, and he, he said, you can hunt anything I have. And so I looked at old maps, you know, and tried to find places. Well, I went to his office the other day. I, I took him some slow jelly. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, you know, there used to be this big cotton gin right across here. And I was like, really? I was like, well, do you care if I, I hunt that? Because he had a picture of it. I said, that looks old. <clears throat> and he said, I don't care, but I don't own it. And so I was like, oh, well, who owned it? And so he told me the guy who did. So I went and and saw the guy and knocked on his door, which is always awkward because a lot of people, they're not even familiar with metal detecting or treasure hunting. And so I asked him if I could hunt. He said, you can hunt anywhere you want to out here. And so I did. I actually found a silver dime. And when I found it, he was pulling back in his driveway. Well, here's the here's the part that you'll like. So I, I go over there. I'm all excited. Of course, he's looking at me like, this is exciting. I was <laughs> yeah. like, this was in your yard. It was like a 1945 silver dime. And uh, he said, well, you know why I'm letting you hunt hunt here? And so I kind of like paused. I said, why? He said, well, I was traveling on the river. And he said, my, my gas detector uh what what's the word of them gauge before? yeah gauge. my gas gauge <laughs> gas detector uh, we were talking about metal detector <laughs> i've uh, never heard that one before. well i couldn't think <laughs> he said it was broken and he said i ran out of gas and he said i paddled i went to the bank looked like a house up there he said i walked up there you know dogs were barking knocked on the door he said and it was your dad so that's where you run out of gas. I was like, oh, I hope I hope this has a happy ending. I hope this has a happy ending. Because <laughs> everything's riding on whatever happens next, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, come on in. He said, you know, he, he just started talking about Jesus and various things. And he said, you know, I kept thinking, I just need some gas. I, I, I ran out. He said, so he took me outside, and he said, well, it's funny. He would walk to a different can and pick it up and he's like nope <laughs> he picked it nope nope he said so finally he got one and said yep <laughs> he said so he, and he he gave me the gas and he said well you know i'll pay for it he's like no no i'm not he said you take it uh, he said your dad said i may be up your way you know one one time yeah. and need some he said i just never forgot that and he said then here you here you come <laughs> he's like i knew you were his son Small so, world. Yeah. So, to your point, Dad, that's a that's an act of kindness to someone, and then years later, he has the opportunity to pay it forward to your son just by happenstance. I mean, it, that, that you talk about moral wisdom and yeah. I mean, we're talking thirty years. Isn't that something? I mean, I just thought now he's up the river. Yeah, I would say not very far from you, and you know, I asked him, but a long way when you're paddling. <laughs> trust me, if you if you had said no. Because I know we didn't have any money back then. Uh, Guess what? When I knocked on that door, he'd like, no, I'm, said, I'm out of gas. Oh, I was going to get some gas in his rig. Yeah. But that's <laughs> good job, that's, Phil. Good that, job, Phil. That's one 
of many, many, many oh, yeah. that have, for whatever reason, broke down, tore up, got lost, yeah. sunk a boat. But it goes on. But here, the Lord is exalted. <laughs> Where, where's it at? We, we, yeah, we, Isaiah, we Isaiah 33. Oh, okay. It's only off two chapters. All right. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. I like it. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like treasure when you find out about how to operate when you're under uh, uh, distress and help. And it, it, it comes your way. Blessings come your way, you say, because of the fear of the Lord. He said it's treasure. So what made Something you look for on. these treasure verses? Where you wanted? I heard you expounded on hunting, <laughs> hunting yeah. for treasure. And I just thought, he just wanted it as biblical. I thought of one of what the Bible says about that. It but says a lot about. It. I mean, what it says is, which look, by the way, keep looking, keep looking for the treasure. So Dad, it's you, there. You just brought up an interesting point, which really makes your point is that people always say, "Well, I don't really know how to study the Bible," but you just heard. That's a good practical way. I mean, you hear something. That's you think, you I wonder the what Bible. the Bible says about this. That's right. I mean, that's a great way to approach it and then Ow. get into a study. The, I mean, that's the what reason we, I got into it. I did it for the first couple of times. Then I did what you did. I went through the verses and I thought, man, there is a lot of spiritual application, which way greater than us finding buried history. That's right. But where the treasure part came up, but you know, back when silver was being minted into coins, it wasn't, nobody knew that it was going the value was going to keep going up. Keep going. I mean, now like that silver dime I found it's worth a hundred times what it was worth, look for which is it. not much, right. but still it's way more valuable. Look, if you look for it as for silver, he's talking about moral benefits of rising up while you're on the earth. He said, there's treasure right there in front of you. But you're going to have to look for it to find it. You yeah. just you're not gonna be walking along one day, you know, doing your own thing and forget God and everything about him. You say you look and you search, you'll find it. It's like so, finding treasure. That's, that's why in the New Testament, I would just give you a couple of texts in the Old Testament. Yeah. Right. But that's like two of many. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of You know, of Jesus ones. himself said, you know, it was like like treasure buried in a field. When the guy finally found it, he sold everything he had. He said, Boy, I I'd have run up on something here. Well, so essentially, I didn't yeah. know we were going to be talking about this, but the, so this past weekend, we were down at the, the Southern Lair. John and Paula Godwin came down, spent the weekend with us. It was their anniversary. So we went over to eat with our friend, Jace, our mutual friend, Chris. Yeah, uh, I've hunted with him. Chris and Jenny Sherrill. When Cheryl. did we convert them to? That's been a long been a, time. Been a pretty good while. Oh, John and Paula? Yeah. Oh, that's like 25 years ago. Yeah. That's cool. way back. So um, so anyway, we're over there eating dinner where they're showing John and Paula all their stashes, you know, because they're big time hunters too. Mm -hmm. And uh, they found some really cool stuff. He had just found a buckle that went on a union yeah, sash. He sent me a picture of it. Yeah, it was really cool. So anyway... So we're looking at all their stuff. And so at the end of them kind of showing John and Paula, because Lisa and I have had a lot of meals with Chris as a chef and uh, a lot of good meals at his house. But at the end, his wife, Jenny, last year, they had some some struggles in their marriage. And, you know, Lisa and I kind of worked them through the process. And out of that struggle, Jenny started 
treasure hunting with Chris. Oh, something they could do together. Good, clean, fun. Yeah, and and she's really good at it. So they gave Lisa, she gave Lisa a cross, and in the cross she had glued in all these porcelain pieces, Most, some of them 150, 200 years old, because they said you find a lot of broken pieces of pottery. All the time. And so they had these just jars yep. full of it, but she took some of the most colorful ones and she put it on a cross. Of course, everybody was in tears because she gave it to Lisa and she said, you know, when we were a broken mess – you were willing, you and I were willing to help us. And we just want this as a thank you for how good our life is now because they had found this common cause That's cool. treasure hunt. So it was really, so it's hanging in our house now, which is really, I mean, it was just. Which kind of proves the scripture's point. Exactly. That's how you well, find What God it. is telling us. I've search, always search been and you'll find. a Seek. big fan. Hang, hang on, Joseph, let's take a break. So we talk a lot about sleep on this podcast because we have some uh, really great sponsors of mattresses and pillows and all sorts of things. One of my favorites is uh, is a company called Bowling Branch. They make uh, signature sheets, and they are super comfortable. You're sleeping on some now, Dad, because I got you some. But if you think about it, you spend a third of your life sleeping. That's right. So you need to have, you want to be comfortable there, I'm right? More like a quarter, but <laughs> still. And, and your wife is on record as saying that's her most important time. She, her she makes up for my percent. She's half. I'm a quarter. So together <laughs> we're a third. So hmm. these sheets, super high standard, uh, organic cotton, uh, really, really good. Uh, they're deep, so they fit over a king size bed, which is what we sleep on. Uh, so if you want to check these guys out, uh, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I can guarantee you. It's bowlandbranch.com is where you go. You get 15% off your first order of sheets when you use the promo code Robertson at checkout. So it's 15% off bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Robertson. Enjoy your sleep. I've always been a big fan of good, clean, fun. I mean, when I was in high school – and I wasn't going to the party scene. I mean, I was yeah. all in for Jesus. You know, there's the problem is you do, you got to find something to do. So I mean, I I would go to sports and hunting and, but even I think as when you get older, finding things that are that are good and fun. Of course, there's some people in the world they don't like people. They just want to leave everything buried because they're like somehow or another if you dig this up. You're bringing up the past. Yeah. I'm like, it's a something, it's a material that means nothing compared to Jesus, it's nothing. And it's it's good, clean, fun. You're you're cleaning up the you know, the metal in the dirt. Think about it, Jace. Once you run up on I had no idea. But at about twenty eight, that's getting on toward thirty. I'm like, I find this treasure of the gospel. And the apostle Paul alluded to what Isaiah said in the Proverbs, he's saying we've got this treasure in jars of clay. That's right. With our bodies, and you're like, hmm, from, we came from the dust, but you find this treasure, and you carry that around with you. Boy, what? But what he, a, what but a, he what said, and, and every he, jar of clay is flawed. You know, it's not, it's not perfect. Well, it says to show that the power comes from him That's and right. not us, which is what, if you think about it, God is the ultimate detector because he's, finds us we're the treasure cleans yep. us up yeah he views us as treasure which That's is yep. which is an awesome thought but i do like the idea of searching because dad you you mentioned at 28 you're now about to be 70 75 uh, i'll be 75 this month this month so and you've never stopped searching no 
You still search. Still search. I mean, you know, which is which is. You know awesome. what's amazing? What I didn't know at twenty eight that the treasure was even there. Once I found it, you say so. Fast forward about fifty years later, you say, "Oh, I've found treasure after treasure, more and more treasure after I go on." Just I did, just keeps coming. Yeah, I just keep, but it comes from the the, the word comes That's right. from the word. All scripture is God breathe. Yeah, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. You you yeah. take these scriptures and you say, "You'd be amazed what they'll do if you just obey them." It's amazing. Back. Oh, I had a, I had an interesting conversation. Peace of mind will come your way. By constant use, oh. you train yourself. So this guy was saying, he said, you know, I've read the book of John since you recommended that, and uh, you know that was that was really good. He said, I, I, my goal was to read it three times in a year, and I said, I read it every week. <laughs> and he said, Well, how long have you been doing that? I said, About thirty years. <laughs> I said, So. Think bigger. You're, you're not, you're, I mean, I hated to tear down the playhouse, but I was thinking three times in a year, you're going to need to get into it more than that. Take you 15 minutes to read it. Yeah, it's maybe 20. But I thought it was comical. I was thinking, that's great, but way the bar is way too low. But you've come up on a serious point because you just read through the book of Acts. What was the message? What were they told to do because of the message if they believed it right. over and over and over. why be so redundant over and over and over so you couldn't miss it right. if you're looking well, yeah and well, you but find you new stuff but you find new because it's a person it's like I mean I've been married to my wife thirty years but I'll stumble up on something I didn't know very often I mean it's just you get to know somebody and things change but. When it's done, when God is revealing himself in a person, just the little things in his attitude and the way he handled different situations, there's just always something new that well, comes out and of it. I like the idea of the unexpected. <clears throat> in Acts 16, which is, is where we are, <clears throat> Paul winds up in Philippi, which is interesting because when you read the book of Philippians, which is only four chapters long, it's one of the best little books in the Bible to me. It's full of joy and you can tell when you read Philippians, Paul had a real close affinity with the church there. And what was interesting about it was if you get over to verse um, 12 in uh, Acts 16, they traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city in the district of Macedonia. And earlier he had had a vision to go to Macedonia. He wasn't going to go there, but, but the Holy Spirit prompted him to go there. And it said they stayed there several days. And in verse uh, 13, it says, on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. So I thought it was interesting. He had gone to the Sabbath first. It, it doesn't say it, but it kind of sounds like they kind of struck out. Like So now they're just going to go down by the river basically to have some alone time and pray. But they run up on this woman there, one of those listening. Uh, it says, we sat down and began she to speak. She wasn't with them. She would just listen. That We call it secondhand conversion. Probably people. down there doing the wash. Who knows? So, but we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. So they were probably gathered to wash clothes is what yep. I figure. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city. So she's a businesswoman who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. 
if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And they persuaded us. So I thought it was interesting because it's a great little picture of what you described that about treasure. I think, you know, Paul was set out kind of with a mindset. He goes to the Sabbath like he normally does. You never know who's listening. You don't know. And that's why, I mean, she becomes the bedrock of this church mm-hmm. that starts in the city that later on, listen to, listen to the way he starts the book of Philippians. He says, I thank my God, verse chapter one, verse three, every time I remember you, this is to the church there years later. And all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Yep. So, I mean, he had an affinity, but it all started on a riverbank with some women gathered up. And I don't think that that wasn't the plan. No. But Paul t- sees the opportunity of the moment, you know, and, and, and it's like this small word. Jace tells that story about trying to convert about three or four or five of his old buddies, you know. Oh, yeah. And the guy one, the of, one of them listened for about, 30 seconds and left the premises, but he's back in his back room. Look, and he's, and he's got his head against the door. <laughs> and so Jace, Jace is talking to this one group. None of them, none of them said, I'm ready. I'm there. I don't know about this right here. Then a voice crying out in the wilderness said, I am. And Jace looks around there Well, the guy who left the premises had the door cracked back. He's listening. What was that old guy's name? McIntosh. McIntosh. Yeah, he listens to the podcast. So I talk Ke- to him all the time. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, I, I know you appreciate this telling your story. Good listening there, McIntosh. <laughs> the voice. Yeah, which then they wind up in prison. What always stands out to me in this is that the last thing you would think they'd be doing at midnight in verse 25 would be praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them so that in which which, by the way uh let's take another break so they started out this riot breaks out and but what happens before they another example that the apostle paul god through the apostle paul wants you to understand there's always somebody else listening that you don't realize are listening exactly right you know where they're walking along and this woman is screeching to the top of her lungs she's got a she's possessed but they're, these people are making money off of her. And so Paul turns around just because he's sick of listening to her. That's what it sounds like to me. Think about this, Al. You and Jace are my sons. Y'all, there was an era in there when y'all were younger books, young boys, and you would walk in at, in the morning, and there'd be two or three people sleeping at the house, scattered around on the couches and all that. Y'all would look, plus you, how many times... Did y'all sit there and you were hearing me talk to them about Jesus mm-hmm. and it was being ingrained in you, but, but I wasn't thinking about y'all, you know, you're yeah. my own boys. I, I didn't know where y'all were back in the back room, but I noticed y'all cleared out when the, yep. when the, when the, when the, when the, the Bible study started, when the Bible study started, y'all moved away, but y'all heard that your entire life. Right. Well, say what you will, Al, <clears throat> fast forward 50 years well, there y'all sit. Yeah. So still doing the same yeah, thing. It was a good example. It was. No doubt. And so uh, so anyway, this woman is screeching, and so Paul says in the name of Jesus, and he casts the demon out of her. Well, the problem was the people there in this city in Philippi, they're making money off of whatever she was doing. Yeah. And so it turned everything into an uproar. But I want to mention this, Chase, before we got to the prison. They flogged Paul and Silas, which, you know, we think about a beating, but in, in these days when the Romans put a flogging on you, well, it, and they stripped, it says the 22, they stripped, I mean, which is, yeah, one, humiliating, two, I had enough belt weapons in my life, hint, hint, <laughs> that 
I mean, at least I had. I was trying to get on as many clothes as possible. <laughs> pad, put in some padding. I mean, it's just prior to that, they shut down the fortune teller. And, you know, finally right. the Apostle Paul turned around there. But he got sick of listening. He was saying, she was saying things. I thought yeah, she was saying, this is the man of God. Because <laughs> so the demon in her was right. <laughs> Paul got sick of listening to her. But, but here's why I want to make the point, because it's going to frame the rest of the book of Acts, is that Paul is a Roman citizen. They don't know that. Well, the Romans had a lot of similar rules Americans had. There are certain things you can't do to violate the Roman citizen's rights. And one of them is to beat him without a trial. Well, they didn't know. They just thought that. By the way, we still teach Roman law. That's right. A lot of it came from the Romans. It's very similar to to, to our founders. Well, they're not beating. You can't do that. Right. Well, Well, you couldn't. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. But you reckon that's happening in (laughs) certain places? You're not supposed to be able to do it. No. But but he was supposed to have got. So the rest of the book of Acts, especially in the later part when he's heading to Rome, is all about this instance where he was illegally beaten, beaten as a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was interesting that that's what starts now this emotion going forward. You know, yeah. was, was that sort but of his response <clears throat> is incredible. And it, it makes you realize, you know, there's another thing that come up in the next chapter in chapter 18 and they're charging him once again. But the, the claim I thought was interesting in 1813, it says, This man they charged is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. And even when you read that about Lydia, said she was a worshiper of God. Mm-hmm. You know, worship is a constant theme in the book of Acts. Yep. You know, we talk about the gospel. Even in Acts 17, a chapter that we all know like the back of our hand, that whole sermon started when he said, I noticed... I was looking at your objects of worship. You're, like, you're, you're very religious. You're very yeah, religious. He's like, and what you <laughs> worship as something unknown, I'm going to explain to you. <laughs> Make it now. And I, I just think it's interesting Then, as much problems to be petty, I, I have to do this, but as much, many disagreements as we have as a religion about how we worship and with using, you know, what manner and style and some people don't like this and I don't like that. And a lot of people, they will go to a church building based on how they're worshiping, whether they use instruments or whether they're conservative or whether, and you're looking, what you find here has nothing to do with that. He, the man just got wronged, beaten, stripped, and they're praying and singing In, in the prison. I'm like, it's not nowhere near. Is this some kind of corporate worship? Mm-hmm. It's not nine o'clock in the morning, and we're all. I mean, th- th- this is so far away from anything happening in a church setting. And what, we, what, what do we have going on? True worship, yeah. authentic worship, which I am a big proponent of. I just think you, worship. even when you're in jail. You worship every day. It's not how, it's who. And they're they're locked down in the center of this, whatever the structure was like, because they're they're they got them double locked in the middle, and they're singing. And you think about all the other people around them. There were other criminals in there, by the way. Well, and it people, says the people that the, deserved to be there. Yeah, the, the prisoners the way, were listening, and the guards. Right. Yeah. By the way, really, 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 how much has changed? as far as the message goes and the persecution, 
how much has really changed from that culture to this one? Right. What, what about it, Al? Do, are, are most people taking this? Oh, those are the greatest guys around. They're down there hollering about Jesus. How many of them say, oh, I'll tell you what, yeah, 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 they ought to uh, but I like the idea that you know they were impacting people around them. It, Jason reminds me of that. Remember the in the movie Shawshank Redemption when they they Andy gets he locks himself in the warden's office and he starts playing a record yeah, yeah. with an Italian opera singer. And so they're beating on the door and they're like, "We're gonna beat you!" And he's looking at him and he just keeps playing the thing and he pipes it out to the whole prison. And all these old hardened criminals are all standing there looking up at these speakers, hearing these Italian operas sing. And then Morgan Freeman's doing the voiceover, and he says, that, that we don't know what they were saying, but that day we soared. Yeah. You know, because it was yeah. the idea of that. It, when, when I see that scene, I think about this scene and them I, singing in I that I thought prison. the exact same thing. Because when you, you look at things from a spiritual perspective, that's what you do, and that's what worship is. I mean, right. the first time I walked into the church, where we meet at now, because we came from a church of 25 people. And look, we worship and sang because we believe in Jesus, but it sounded terrible. I mean, it. number one, it was all... <laughs> and it, the songs were hundreds of years old. And when I walked in there, I thought, oh, my. I didn't know what they were saying, but I felt the same way. I thought... I know who they're singing to, and I am fixed to get some chill bumps so at, at, exactly at this right. place. Let's, let's take one last break. So yeah. with the coronavirus that came through, would you say that uh, there's been undue restrictions placed on the people of God across the country? What do you I think, think it was you know, attempted. You know, we just, uh, and the Christians just won a big Supreme Court decision because they tried to say no small groups because they already shut down the places of worship, quote unquote. And so people were meeting in their homes. Well, the the leadership out there tried to shut that down, but the Supreme Court said, no, you cannot do that. You can't tell people they can't gather in their home and worship God, which thank goodness for the Supreme Court, you know, but, but it just shows you what we've been up against, which, you know, they, and they still won't let them sing or chant or whatever, you know, it's, that's still on the that's book. That's why I'm saying it hasn't gone anywhere. No, you're right. You're right, the big picture. I mean, I think it's a small thing. They know people are going to do it. I mean, but it's a small way for them to protest faith. I would say it's bigger than small. I mean, trust me, I'm not asking permission to go meet with people and worship God. Right. I'm just not going to do it. So so what happens in our story is that they're singing, people are listening, the guards are listening, everybody's tuned in, and all of a sudden the Almighty just – Sends a little has makes an earthquake happen, and so this is an odd earthquake because all it did was open everything up, you know, where they could come out. So the jailer back in these days, if if you were in charge of a jail and there was a big escape, they killed you yeah. and all the guards. I mean, this is you're talking about having your life on the line for your job. It's kind of a Godfather, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. they the Romans didn't really let people. So this Philippian jailer. You know, he's like, oh, he's getting ready to kill himself because he's like, it's over. You know, he looks and sees the jail. This and it wasn't his fault, but it was an earthquake. And then Paul's, oh, 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 we're all still here. Don't harm yourself. Don't harm yourself. We're we're, we're good. Nobody's left anywhere, which is amazing because all the chains had fallen off, the doors are all open, but nobody makes a move. And then because that guy is so impressed with this uh, this guy, <laughs> this prisoner. Who apparently, you know, is not is not trying to escape. 
You know, what about me? <coughs> That's right. What I need to do to be saved. Then he <coughs> says, "What I want what you have. Yep. And so I, I find it interesting that it, first it says they, uh, where's it, it, they washed them up and then they were all baptized. Yeah, uh, yeah it says they, they tended to their wounds. Right. Yeah, can you imagine if the authorities had walked in and there somebody has the jailer, the Apostle Paul has the jailer by the neck and he's baptizing him. <laughs> Do you? What would he say? What? What? What are you doing? How is this even possible? You're the jailer, and yeah. they've got you, and That's they're right. pushing you under some water. What are you doing? Yeah, they would have had no idea what he was doing. That's exactly right. But you know, I think it's that classic case of sometimes people in settings like that can really find something. Uh, Godwin and I spoke for a for a jailer event out in Utah last year, and. I toured their jail, you know, this is where the main guy is. And there was a lot of guards there, but we heard the testimony of a couple of young women. Both of them had been involved. They didn't kill a person, but they were involved in a murder. They were gang gang members. And so they were around late twenties. And this had happened when they were like 17 or 18 years old. So they've been in prison over a dozen years and they sort of gave us their testimony. And one of them was the first time she had ever done it. So she was really emotional but it was really interesting to them talking about how that they they grew up in prison. I mean, they came in as teenagers. They, yeah. were, they were blocked off from the life they lived, which was good. But at the same time, they didn't know what to do, how to act. Kind of what you were talking about yeah. just on the last podcast. And their, their lives had changed. But they kept crediting the guards about giving them discipline. And at first they said, we fought these people the whole way. We were the worst inmates. And the guards are kind of nodding like, yeah, they were pretty bad. She said, and then one one of them said, the one day I realized that, you know what, we're all in here together. They're in here just like we are. Yeah. And she said, and I quit fighting them after that. Well, then she wound up coming to faith, and she talked about that. And so they were both really nervous because they were both about to be released within a year. You know, from their they had long sentences, but because they've you know done well, so they were super nervous yeah. about going back into that old lifestyle. But it just struck me that we were in this locked up in this facility. And I thought, man, these people have to live together in this setting. But because of Christ, lives are changed. You know, well, so it, you know, my line right. is, you, you folks out here, you can, you can be under lock and key like you are, but you can still be free. That's right. Yeah. Which is true. Well, what I was going to say is, uh, and we've known people who, who've been in prisons, and most of them, the ones that come to Jesus when they get out, they're glad they were in prison so they could find... Jesus. I mean, uh, it's all about attitude, but what, you know, I'm picking on religious people today because number one, <laughs> they, they were having worship at midnight in jail, but then, you know, after the earthquake happens, they washed her wounds and it says at that hour of the night in 33, it so was late. It was late. We're talking two or three in the morning late at that hour of the night, they washed their wounds and then immediately he and all his family are baptized. I do not like these this I do not approve of this this idea of let's wait yeah. a month for have, and have a baptism have a service. service. I'm like, where did where did where did we, who came up with that? Right. I mean, what the people here Well they didn't had, come up from it with, with the through the book of Acts, that's no, for sure. I, you know, even uh Lydia in the previous story, the same you get the feel 
we just get this church building mentality where it's like everything happens in an organized way. Around a two, and you read uh, around a three months from now, we'll yeah. baptize y'all. You're like three like, months. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, we know Jesus saves, and you know you have an opportunity to to reenact Jesus. But I'm like, short of washing the wound, the blood pouring out of the body, there was no delay. <laughs> Let me stop this. <laughs> it's, we don't want you to bleed to death. And then we're taking you down there. And it's, but you know, I, I like the fact. And this that, was a dangerous thing for this jailer to do uh, to turn himself over to the Apostle Paul and be, and confess Jesus as Lord Who was at three o'clock in the morning after they had a big earthquake That's and right. all the prisoners they thought. But you know what I think people miss, Phil, is how much joy and how fired up have you been in having a middle of the night or early morning, and I mean one to two, three in the morning, baptism. Yeah, I've had a It's exciting. And look. Well, to by be, the way, to be down here at two or three o'clock in the morning after all night study, and then baptize people, and then somebody leads a song. I mean, you you don't care what time it is. And the text says, and the whole family after they were baptized were filled with joy because they had come to believe in God. Well, that says it all right there. You, and you're going to wait three months before the real joy is there. You're like, me. do it now. Don't yeah. don't don't mess with that. I mean. To Move me, look, it. if you went back to Acts 2, and they're like, what do we do? You know, and he's like, repent and be baptized, every one of you. You know, no. We'll baptize you a month from now. <laughs> what? We're glad you made the decision. No, it says those who heard the message <laughs> responded. They didn't say, that is the dumbest tradition that somebody came up with. We're laughing about it, but I just have reeled back in my mind discussing this, Jace. You brought it up. But I, I've just reeled back on how many late hours or call it early hours after 12 o'clock in the middle of the night, put it that way. I've walked down there from my house going toward the river. Mm -hmm. I've walked out in severe thunderstorms lightning, I mean, backwater in the yard. I mean, what, looking at cotton mouths on the way down there. <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, what kind of snake is that? I said, step around over this way. Don't get that. <laughs> and look, I've just cleared out brush out in the water. Oh, Phil, look, I went, I spoke, <laughs> I spoke one time. I think it was in Tallulah. It was a small little church. One of the guys that, that made at our church asked, he was the preacher there. And he asked me if I would, like fill in. I was like, I don't mind. So I go over there. Well, there was a guy who responded at the invitation. So there wasn't 25, 30 people. And one of them responded. I could tell everybody was looking around like, Ooh. what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? There now? hadn't been a response there in years. <laughs> he like, they're like, I yeah. think he's coming. Yeah. So he said, you know, I was, I hadn't been to church in 15 years and had been, in trouble with the law. Yeah. It's weird how that story came up. He said, "You know, I heard you. You, I heard what you shared about Jesus, and I was wondering if you'd baptize me." I said, "Yeah." I said, "But I tell you this: I doubt there's any water <laughs> in the baptistry here." I look back; they don't have a baptistry. <laughs> he said, "Well, good, because I w I want to go to the Mississippi River 
And I, because we wasn't far, you yeah. know. And he said, because I, w- trust me, he said, when I'm baptized, I, we need to get what I've done way away. He said, let's go with the biggest river we got, which I thought was funny. We need strong current taking all that sand to the Gulf. So we drive to the levee, Mississippi River, and the water was way up. And I then I felt like, we may die here because it was just <laughs> the current was roaring. And I thought, you know what? We've gone this far. That's right. And so we walked down. And about that time, you know, we baptized me. We come up when a truck pulled up and it was just happenstance or a God orchestrated meeting. His buddies, the guys he knew were from that area. And they saw, they're like, what are y'all doing? And he's like, well, I'm glad you asked. And I just launched it from there. I was like, yep, we just buried this old man because of what Jesus so has then done his buddies for this heard man. Too. Well, then they just took off. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> I felt some persecution. Maybe Rapid they, rate of speed. Maybe they came but, around later. But he looked at me I, I and he said, to, we drew the line in the sand. I though. was baptizing a girl down there in the river at night. And some fishermen were out there. And they pulled up there. You know, what the hell going on? They hollered cursing. Yeah. You know what? I said, we're baptizing this girl. Y'all want in, want in on some of this action? And Lord, I mean, they gunned that thing and said, could not get out of here. It's like some crazy cult. True story. So anyway, they 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 go to Lydia's house after they leave. And, and I, I think we'll leave with this, that the foundation of the Philippian church was a woman they met by the river. Yep. And, a, and a guy and his family that were jailers. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool story. That's worship, Jace. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.